You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. It was a moment of just sheer terror. I had transferred money from my bank account to my savings account. And of course, there was a delay and then I needed to transfer the money back right away. And I was stuck. The money wasn't with me. It wasn't in savings. And I completely panicked. I lost my cool for sure. Have you ever had a moment like this? Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Gaines. It will expand your brain. Would it blow your mind if I told you that since the financial crisis, there is around $2.1 trillion sitting in checking accounts, earning nothing? Zero, zilch, no interest. I think that we are all somewhat afraid of moments, like I mentioned in the opening, letting go of our cash only to need it right away. And then we've got to wait a few days in order to get it back. And there's those moments of panic. I think it's that. And then also, there's a comfort in seeing a large bank account balance, right? I mean, you agree with me that that is something we are excited to see, but Honestly, that just means you aren't letting your money work for you. And we grow up thinking that we need to have a lot of money left at the end of the month, which of course is a great situation to be in. But then 
where's that money going? What is it doing for you? It should go to pay off debt. It should go to investing. It should go to in retirement. It should go to saving for all of your other goals. Well, today's guest, Gil, is the co-founder and CEO of Astra, this really cool mobile app that helps you transfer money back and forth between all your accounts and helps you automate your savings. So really, there wouldn't be any good excuses not to save your money. But I know there's so many apps. Do you really need another one? I'm right there with you. But I have to say, I'm pretty intrigued. You know, when we were setting up the interview, you sent me over some interesting information. I kind of wanted to just jump right into it. There's a, a study that you sent over from J.D. Power that found that millennial satisfaction with large banks is on par with the satisfaction of smaller banks, which I found really interesting. And then also you said that millennials are not urgently seeking to replace their checking accounts, but they are willing to sign up for additional financial services. And I think that's so interesting. I'd like to dig into that a little bit. You know, why do you think millennials are hesitant about making a change in the banks, even if maybe they're unhappy with them? Totally. Um, well, I think that the, I, I find these statistics just fascinating as well. And um, uh, at Astro, we've been working on this general problem for a few years now. Um, and it just gets better and better over time as we find more and more of this information and we kind of see trends. And so I think my direct answer would be that I'd like to place it in the larger context of where we are with financial technology and where things have gone basically over the last 10 years. So if you think back to, you know, uh, 10 years ago or even 20 years ago, we've seen multiple waves of financial technology come to market um, each time offering the consumer more and more value. If you think back 20 years ago, uh, we went to one bank and that's where we got all of our uh, banking products from checking accounts to mortgages to credit cards. Um, and if you track forward, right, that's been commonly referred to as the unbundling of banks. So today you might have a credit card with one company, you have your checking account with let's say Chase, uh, or an upstart bank like Chime. Um, and that's becoming more and more atomized as time goes on because more and more new uh, financial services are cropping up that are offering some unique value that consumers are catching on to. And they see that they want that, but they also still want what they have in the kind of reliability or, or kind of um, set of features that come along with the more traditional banks. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's really interesting. And, uh, just even based off what you said and, and financial technology and, and it feels like, I mean, there's, there's so many apps that come on the market every day. And, you know, we talked about banking's getting potentially a little bit more complicated, especially for millennials, but I think also finances are in general, like there's a lot of things that are supposed to make things easier. And I think a lot of feedback I get from listeners is they kind of feel in a state of like, oh my gosh, you know, what do I choose? Who do I choose? And that can really lead them to this, like, you know, the, almost the state where they don't do anything. Do you find that as well? A hundred percent. It's it's pretty, um, it, sometimes we don't think about it, um, but uh, a recent study also uh, from Plaid showed that the average consumer in the U.S. has 15 connections to their primary checking account. So wow. when you have just, you know, we, we talk about things technically in terms of like, you know, an individual's financial graph, right? You've got your checking account at the center. That's where you get paid. 
And you've got all these different things connected to it, maybe a high yield savings with someone like Marcus, your credit cards, um, you've got Chase Sapphire uh, or, or whatever, and all the other services that you've um, connected to your account from bills to your Spotify subscription, right? So as those, that number of connections increases, uh, it's, more, it's even more complex, right? And as, again, going back to the last question, the more uh, options you have, you sign up for something new, it just increases in complexity. And so the complexity changes at an exponential rate, even though the number of accounts might change at a linear rate because there's more connections to facilitate across everything. So what we see our users do, or you know, before they started uh, to use Astra, is um, if they're lucky enough to be um, to have some disposable income, they might pay a financial advisor maybe a thousand dollars a year to help them manage moving their money between right. places. Or if you're not, you're basically left to um, backfill that gap with some combination of rules of thumb that you keep um, a certain amount of money in your checking account. Uh, budgeting software or your own spreadsheets. Um, so you're left to kind of systematize it on your own. And it's, it's really a big problem to kind of dive into. And so a lot of people do just default to, um, you know, it's too much for me to handle. I'm just going to focus on this week to week, make sure I have enough money in my checking account. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just um it's our behavior, right? I mean, it it's there's so many different arguments I, and I find this interesting because I do this all day every day, but there's so many arguments that having access to more financial technology, more apps, whatever it may be, more blog posts, more articles that that actually isn't doing anything for helping people learn how to do their money better because it isn't actually changing behavior. So I, I find it really interesting because, of course, I can argue both ways on the spectrum there. But, uh, you know, is there is there any way that we can work to maybe change some of our behavior with apps or is there a way we can, I know, I know you're working at Astra to do this, but is there a way that we can simplify this process so we don't get in that state of just like a constant confusion? Totally. I, I mean, that's uh, simplifying it is core, uh, you know, your personal finances, that's core to our mission. We want your financial life to run uh, more like it's on autopilot uh, accommodating the dynamics of your individual situation and the things that change month to month um, in, in your financial life. I, I think that the, you're exactly right. There are two sides of the coin, right? There's a behavioral aspect where um, we need to find ways to encourage ourselves to act. to basically just decide to do something in the first place. At the same time, we should also have technology that makes that a lot easier. You know, like if, yeah. Take this out of the context of finance and, and let's talk about email or something, right? Um, with email, Gmail doesn't expect you to know all of the ins and outs of what's happening behind the scenes. They just make it really easy for you to send a message to your mom or your business partner or whatever, right? Um, and then now they're even doing things like, you know, giving you um, autofill prompts to finish your sentence, right? To make it faster and easier to take that load off of you and deal with it with software. Um, so I, I totally agree with you. I think there's there's two sides of it. Um, there has to be a way to engage your finances that's that's you know positive and not like scary. Uh, and then there also needs to be things that on the other side that make it just super easy for you to deal with it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So tell me a little bit more about Astra and you know how you're helping us make our financial lives easier. Yeah, sure. So uh, with Astra. 
We help uh, everyday people manage their finances by automating bank transfers. What that does is that means that you can get more of your money into savings and you get to spend less time managing your finances. So we help you get the funds into something like a high yield savings account uh, when you don't need it, but when you do, get it back into your checking account. So basically we're increasing the liquidity of your of your cash on hand um, by facilitating its movement from point A to point B. I love it. So much like the example you just gave with email, like you're just, you're making things work for us in, in a really simplified and easy way. Because I know sometimes when I'm transferring things all around, I'm like, wait, what, what am I sending where? When am I sending it? And it just can get like utter confusion. So I'd love to know, like, where did this idea come from? Have you always been interested in personal finance? Did you have like an aha moment? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, my my side of the story for the origins of our company go back about 10 years. Uh, I started a company in uh, New York. We were doing a lot of uh, kind of contract work. So it was services where we were developing software for other creative organizations. And it was a lot of fun, um, and, but we didn't have access to outside investments. Didn't really make sense that way. We were coming off the financial crisis. So there wasn't a lot of... Um, financial products available to small companies like ours. So we ended up building our own software internally to do cash flow forecasting, you know, to manage net 30, net 90, and all the different things that would happen to a business um, over time. But the key was we could look ahead with our financial model and see, you know, could we hire one more person? Do we need to um, double down our research on this initiative or whatever it would be? So basically took the, the financial model then I started applying it for myself and a couple of other people and realized how empowering that was to actually have some tool that, again, filled that gap between things like accounting software um, and uh, the things that help you move money around, like, let's say, Venmo. Um, so that's the kind of origins. And, and we've been working on this now uh, officially for almost three years, uh, my co-founder and I. And um, it's amazing how it's both the same and evolved significantly based on what we've heard from our users. Yeah, I can imagine. Are there any like interesting statistics that you found developing this that, uh, you know, one of the things I know that that Astra does is roundups, which I know is a, a popular sort of feature with a lot of apps. But have you found any interesting information? Are millennials saving less than other generations, more than other generations? Uh, are, are there any interesting facts about that? I think that, well, for us, the most interesting facts, are, there's two. Um, one is that because we're doing a lot of automation for you, we expect that in our mobile app, you can set it and forget it, right? Whether it's roundups or something right. that's more advanced. Um, so you don't, and we send you push notifications and you can set it to SMS so you can get a text, you know, on your balances and all this kind of stuff. Doesn't require you to be in the app, but um, we are seeing, especially in a millennial demographic, that once you sign up, verify your profile and send one transfer or set up one roundup rule, uh, you're gonna come back to the app almost weekly. So back to the behavioral, uh, and we were expecting like maybe once a month. Um, so wow. coming back to the behavioral side of things, it's interesting when there are empowering tools our hypothesis and what we're starting to see trend-wise is that um, it makes you more likely to come back and be proactive with managing your finances. The other thing that's really interesting is that um, 
the three top banks that are connected to our platform are Chase, Bank of America, and Chime. So you've got two of the, th the big banks and you've got this upstart bank. And then we have a whole long tail of more local or uh, kind of employer-based credit unions. And so you see that uh, someone maybe is connecting a Chime checking account. They've also got Space Coast Federal Credit Union, right? And they're managing checking accounts and savings accounts across both those institutions. So, you, so the thing that I'm taking away from that is that a lot of people want to keep their federal credit union wherever it is, and they want to just kind of give it superpowers or uh, supplement it with another financial service like Chime. Um, and that's really cool because with, whether you're with Chime or you're with uh, Space Coast Federal Credit Union or you know, whatever, you can basically level up the features in your app and you can add roundups to Space Coast. You can uh, add roundups to Chime or any of the other 12,000 financial institutions in the U.S. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all in one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. and <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. 
You sign up and provide Delete.me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete.me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete.me is not just a one-time service. Delete.me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, listen, like many of you out there, I love Notion, our sponsor today, and I honestly use it every day for my notes and journaling. I also track our family expenses. And I manage all of our household to-dos. Notion has been such a lifesaver in helping me get a lot more organized because that's not one of my strengths without stressing me out. Notion is a place where any team can write, plan, organize, and rediscover the joy of play. It's a workspace designed not just for making progress, but getting inspired. Notion is the AI-powered workspace that can summarize things like meeting notes and automatically generate action items and help you get answers to questions in seconds. It will honestly blow your mind. Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company, you're a freelancer, you're starting a startup, or you're a student juggling classes and clubs, or you're somebody like myself that just really wants to get organized. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com etm. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash etm, and start turning ideas into action. And when you use our link, you are supporting our show, notion.com slash etm.
We've got an Ask Shauna today, and this one comes from Damien. And Damien says, hey, Shauna, thanks so much for creating the Millennial Money Podcast. I love listening every Tuesday and Friday, and you put a smile on my face. Plus, I feel like I'm actually learning something, which I know is quite the objective of what you're doing. So just wanted to let you know that it's actually working. So I have a question about this whole budgeting thing. I really don't know how I feel about budgeting. I understand how important budgeting is to my overall finances, but I have to be honest, I slip a lot of months and I forget to watch where my money's going and I forget all the rules around budgeting and then it just feels so overwhelming that I don't want to budget. So I want to ask you, How should I be thinking about budgeting? Is there an easy way for me to figure this out? Thanks so much for all your help and all your advice. I really appreciate it. Damien, I know it's it's the big bad B word, right? (laughs) We haven't brought it up on the podcast in quite a while. So I think your question is quite timely and Budgeting is something that we all have this love-hate relationship with, every single one of us, because I think intuitively we know that we should have some form of a budget. Even if it's a loose creation of a budget, I think we all understand why we need to have a budget, but then there's this big disconnect between, okay, we might inherently know that, but we're not actually doing it. <laughs> and I think that a lot of that disconnect is really the the mental space around money, thinking that if you create this document and it says you're only supposed to spend so much money on eating out or all of the things that you like to do and you go over budget, either you're doing something wrong, you've blown the whole system, you're terrible, you're horrible, your failure. I mean, there is a giant train wreck that happens for us between those two. We know inherently why we should do something, but we're not doing it. And there's nothing wrong if you have those feelings or you have those experiences. There's nothing wrong if that happens to you every single month. That's a really natural thing. But your question is how to do this budgeting thing easy. And for each of us, easy is going to be a little bit different. But I think you do need to have some awareness over where your money is going. Think of it like an experiment, right? You're in the business of you. You have what a you know, Damien business that is you. And you are responsible for you. You're responsible for how you're spending your money and all of the different amazing goals that you have that you want to achieve. So understanding how much does it take on average every single month to be in the business of you. That's a really important number to know because if you know that number, then any month where you get more money or you get a bonus or you get a tax return, uh, refund, anything like that, you're going to be able then to allocate that money to different goals because you know that you've, you've got the foundation of you covered. And so I say pick one or two categories every month that are kind of the silent killers, if you will, for most people's budgets. And that's eating out, subscriptions, and also auto pay things. So Uber, Amazon, Lyft, Grubhub, all of those sort of expenses that just sort of automatically somewhat lift out of your bank account. Each month, pick a different category and do a little digging. Do a little research. Be a detective. 
look at your bank statement or whether you use an app and see, okay, how much money did I spend on that particular category last month? If you want to go a little bit further, maybe you look back the next, the previous month or maybe the month before that to just give yourself a little average. And then you look at that and you just make some sort of judgment like, wow, that is a lot of money I'm spending in that category or eh, that's not so bad. I'm doing pretty good in that category. But you have to have this moment of being honest with yourself. And I think the whole thing about budgeting is it's just a tool. It's like a GPS system to tell your money where to go. And the whole reason that you're doing this or that you would even go through any of this is so that you can actually achieve your goals. Otherwise, why do you necessarily care where your money goes? Flows in, flows out, who cares, right? But I'm pretty sure, Damien, that you've got stuff that you want to do. It may be big goals, they may be small goals, but you're you got to give your money direction. And that is what budgeting does. So whether it's actually a formal document or it's just coming to it from this awareness point of knowing how much you're spending on average in different categories. And if for one month you go over in that category, maybe you pull back a little bit the next month or maybe you make a little alteration. But again, it's all for the sake of those goals that you want to achieve. So I think just keeping a really healthy mindset about it is going to be an amazing starting point. I guess it doesn't surprise me, but yet I find it really interesting that there would be multiple checking and and savings accounts and that perhaps that means that people are actually really utilizing those to save money most efficiently. Totally. And I think that, um, you know, it, most of our early adopters are probably people that are um, already predisposed to being proactive or around their finances. So they, they're setting up some sort of system. Um, and, and part of that system is including uh, a traditional uh, federal credit union. Part of that is maybe an upstart uh, like stash or, or whatever, or chime. Sure. Um, and that's how they're cobbling it together because there's this, um, everyone's financial situation is unique. Everyone has different financial goals. So it's, it's more natural for me to see that people are trying to put together these disparate parts and make them work well together to fit their needs as opposed to a kind of one-size-fits-all solution that manages all those different scenarios. That actually makes me really happy to hear that. <laughs> okay, because it, it shows me that that the technology and all of the different players that have come along to just service like one piece of maybe your your financial plan is actually working to some degree. I, I love that. That's like such a great stat. Like, thanks so much for sharing that. Of course, yeah. It, I mean, and this is the stuff that uh, gets us really excited because. We want to be right there helping you get your funds from A to B and, and doing it programmatically. So then whatever system you want to have in place, it's your prerogative to set that up. And then that way, you know, 70% of Americans say that their number one stressor is related to finances. So how can we dial that back and put more of your capital to work and take that stress load off you so that you can focus on the other things, whether it's some crazy uh, research project that you're doing that's really going to change things for a lot of people or, you know, just your day-to-day life uh, to take it away so that get on with doing the things that you much rather be doing. Yeah. And I would imagine you can go in right at any point and kind of change those different, um, 
those different setup rules that you have in Astra if you want to change things around? Totally. It's all customizable. You can change it on the fly. Um, you know, we give you notifications when things are about to happen, when they are happening, and then once your transfer is cleared. And for us, our vision is really going from, you know, empowering you with smart tools that work now where you say, keep um, no more than, let's say, $2,000 in my checking account. Everything over that, move it over into high-yield savings. The key there is where, where it gets really interesting is instead of it being just explicit, like a fixed number of $2,000 and everything over gets calculated and moved over, is where we're actually making predictions and being proactive and saying, hey, we noticed that you set this at $2,000 based on your last three months spending uh, and the balances you've kept. We think you can dial that down to $1,500, thereby saving wow. you an additional $500 per month. Um, that's the that's the real kicker where it it becomes even more like uh, a kind of you know, self driving car. Some people call it self driving wallet or autonomous finance. Um, I think that that's where it could be even more interesting because you don't even realize that you know, the rules you set up can be even optimized or tuned a little bit better. And I think that's great because you talked about, I mean, there's so many people who can't work with a financial planner and not that a financial planner is in day to day managing your money, but they do help you figure out what is optimal amount in your bank account, what money should be going wh where and when. And so I think being able to have tools that are really intuitive that look into your spending patterns and say, wait a minute, like perhaps you could do this or you could do this a little bit better or whatever it may be is is really empowering. And I think that if if we as humans can just lean in maybe a little bit and trust that these tools really do work to help us optimize our money, I think it it's it's really amazing to me at, at what we might be able to the goals we might be able to achieve with our finances that maybe we couldn't have done before these tools came around. Totally, totally, hundred percent. And the uh, an interesting stat that's kind of related to this is up until two thousand eight, for ten years, um, the whole of the U.S. banking population, which is uh, two hundred eighty million Americans, we kept steady in our checking accounts about four hundred billion dollars in total. For about it was steady, <laughs> it was steady for ten years. Since the financial crisis, the following ten years, we've gone from four hundred billion to two point one trillion. So there's two point one trillion dollars sitting in checking accounts, earning us nothing, right? So just think about wow. what the delta there one one point seven trillion dollars that potentially could be put back into the, our pockets, our savings accounts or, you know, investing into our businesses, whatever it is. I mean, just think about what that potential is for what it means for the GDP and at a micro level, each of us individually, um, to be able to like, just put more of that money to work. That's amazing. I mean, that is really, I, I see it because people that I work with are hanging on more to cash, even when they're living really paycheck to paycheck and almost struggling a bit, there, there's still that feeling of, well, I don't want to let go of my cash, even if it's going in a savings account that is for me. But you're you're really right. I mean, that's just so fascinating that 
right now we're letting the banks essentially make money off of us. Uh, and why not use some of that money and and have us be empowered to make more money for ourselves in in turn? Totally. And and banks, uh, in addition to liking uh, your zero percent. Uh, APY checking account. They also like to have your deposits in savings products. It might not necessarily be the same bank, uh, but you can see, you know, there are a lot of new offers for even higher yield. The Fed funds rate is going up. So there's an incentive on the other side of the coin for banks also to get those deposits. And that's what I think the reason why people, the psychology changed and our, our behavior changed 10 years ago is because we're, we're, we're worried and stressed that something else is going to happen like that where we need to have that, that cash on hand uh, in a more immediate fashion. And the reason I think my answer to that is there aren't tools on the other side of it to help us actually facilitate that, right? If we knew we could get our money back in a day or even same day uh, that we had held away, you know, squirreled away into savings, yeah. um, if we'd be less inclined to feel like we have to keep it in a checking account. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, if we move it from one bank to a different bank, sometimes and we want to move it back, sometimes it could take a couple of days before it comes back. And there's that, that feeling of panic of, oh, no, what if I need that money, and I don't catch it in time? Yeah. And it's also kind of scary when you know, like the standard ACH processing can be three to four business days, and and your money is not um, in your bank that it left from and it's not in your bank that it's going <laughs> to yet it's somewhere in in flight uh you know like that's not a great feeling either <laughs> yeah no that one gives me the heebie-jeebies a bit when that happens well i'd love to know a little bit about like what what is your own money journey look like have there been any bumps and roads that have that have taught you some valuable money lessons you can share totally um well first i think having run a small business before, uh, then my number one factor that I had to deal with was lumpy income, both on yes. the business side and then how it translated over to, um, uh, you know, our personal, uh, paycheck. So that volatility is, uh, probably my, I, I'm having a little bit of like a flashback right now thinking about it, <laughs> but it but, can do uh, that. But yeah, it just it, that just goes to show that uh, things are dynamic month to month, right? So uh, we need better tools to help manage that uh, volatility. Are there any are there any great uh, tips you have for other people out there who have lumpy income? Well, uh, you know, I'm biased, but I'd say apply some rules to it, right? So uh, when I get paid, put thirty percent into high yield savings. So that I'm ready to pay Uncle Sam for my quarterly estimated taxes, um, and then in the intermediate, make sure that I, I'm uh, tracking how much is in my checking account. So if I do have a short-term uh, deficit from what's kind of more standard, I can move some of that high yield savings back temporarily, and ensure that I do it, um, put it back then again when uh, things even out for my finances. Most of that you can do with yeah. Astra, and we're and we're working on making it even even more fluid for situations like that. I love that because I think I think you're right. When you can be proactive and you can apply a few rules, I think I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Even if you can just 
once a week, check in on what's going on with your money, just something small, a small act. I think it really does empower you. And I think a lot of us get hung up in, well, I don't have a lot of money, so I don't want to sit and stare at something I don't have a lot of. But those are exactly the moments when you should be applying rules and you should be doing these things and and come at it from a mindset of empowering versus lack of. Agreed. Uh, we had a user uh, ask us a few months ago, hey, can you set it up so that um, instead of me getting push notifications for my uh, daily balance notification on my checking account, I, I want it to be SMS. And we thought, well, I mean, how really is that different? There's, they both come to your phone, whatever. And then um, we're like, okay, well, this is not actually that heavy of a lift for us to develop. So we did it. We turned it on and yeah, I started using it and our team started using it. We're like, okay, now I get it. So a push notification is ephemeral. It goes away. You get a lot of them. So you're probably clearing them out in batches on your phone um, versus SMS is persistent. And so if you set up either a weekly or a daily notification by SMS of what your balance is, you can actually scroll back in your history and see what it is. So like, you know, wow. if, if it changed radically from day to day, and you're like, whoa, what was that? That's out of the ordinary. You know, maybe you had a fraudulent charge on your debit card or something. You never know. Um, so that having that kind of, it's not a very uh, technical timeline for your finances, but it's one that's, um, I found it to be pretty remarkable how that little tweak to our system um, really affected how I was engaging with my daily finances. And I'm a total optimization geek with my money. So I've, <laughs> I'm already doing a ton of things like that, but that was actually a pretty significant improvement. Wow. Yeah. That's just so fascinating. I mean, you wouldn't normally think that would make such a big difference, but you're right. It's just the way that you engage differently with these different notifications that can motivate you or make you just go, oh, that's just another something coming up on my phone. I'm just going to swipe it away and I'm not even going to worry about yeah. it. That's so fascinating. Absolutely. I, I love behavior <laughs> and, and examining behavior and examining what motivates or doesn't motivate people for sure. Well, I lastly, I'd love to know if you could leave us maybe with, with one tip or, or something you've learned or incorporated into Astra that we should keep top of mind to help us all reach our money goals. What would you, what would that be? Well, I think for uh, money goals, the key is giving yourself some sort of uh, tangible aspect to how you're saving for that, whether it's with Astro or someone or somewhere else or your own system that you put in place. One of the things that we've set up is um, you can track at a per dollar level money that you're saving towards a specific goal. And just by having that timeline or, or a percentage complete graph uh, gives you an indication of like where you are in the journey towards that specific goal. And being able to have as many of those goals as you want uh, is important because frequently we're trying to save for a lot of different things. Um, so I, I would just say, I guess, to, to recap what that means, having something that is specific and trackable. Um, as a part of your savings plan um, is significant. It changes the rate of success for you saving for that thing um, by far. 
That is that is such a great tool and tip. I'm glad that you incorporated this. Well, this has been amazing, Gil. I love chatting with you. Tell the listeners where they can go to connect with Astra and to uh, download the app. Yeah. So uh, if you want to try out Astra, you can go to astra.finance, A-S-T-R-A dot finance. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Astra underscore finance. And you can find me on Twitter too at Gil underscore Acos. Happy to chat with anyone about finances and how you'd like to use Astra. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. 